This might not be a bad homily if it were Holy Thursday night. Unfortunately, this is the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time, so we will not be washing feet at this liturgy, but we will be blessing and breaking the bread of life that we have been hearing about in chapter 6 of the Gospel of John now for six weeks. And at the heart of this chapter, just as at the heart of the Eucharist itself, is an encounter with divinity enveloped in matter, a God with flesh and blood whom we call the Lord Jesus Christ and who promises to give us his flesh and blood for the life of the world. An wise old priest once told me that a homilist has 60 seconds to capture his listeners' attention and motivate them or intrigue them enough so that they will want to listen to him for the next, well, in his case, 25 minutes. Uh, in my case, maybe four or five. I fear, though, that I have probably failed that advice because John 6 is an especially difficult to chapter to preach on, and we have been talking about it now for six weeks in a row. It is theologically dense to the point of being impenetrable, dense even to the point of being mystical, but this is generally true for the Gospel of John taken as a whole. Liturgically speaking, one of the places in the liturgy where John's gospel has been most prominent is the Mass of the Lord's Supper, Holy Thursday evening. Unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John does not have a narrative of the institution of the Eucharist. His Eucharistic theology is found in chapter 6, the chapters that we have been listening to. What John gives us at the Last Supper is the example of the Lord Jesus putting on an apron and going from disciple to disciple doing what a common household slave would ordinarily do for anyone invited to another's house for dinner, the humble job of washing the guests' feet. In the years when I was growing up, having your feet washed on Holy Thursday was a highly coveted honor that went to 12 altar boys chosen from the 7th and 8th grades. What made it particularly attractive was the 50 cents you were paid to take off your shoes and socks in church. And Monsignor Scheringer would pass down the line, washing feet, and would toss, at the conclusion, would toss a coin, a 50-cent coin, at the feet of every server. Whether or not it was intended... The sound of those silver coins dropped on the cold marble steps always spoke to me of the silver pieces that Judas would earn in betraying his master. You have to laugh. Watching this rite year after year as a child, I came to understand very early on that it was not merely Judas that betrayed his master. They all did. Peter by his denial of Christ, James, Nathaniel, Bartholomew, by their absence at Golgotha on Good Friday. Now, these were the men Christ chose to be the first bishops of the church. As a character in Arthur Miller's play, Death of the Salesman says, betrayal is the only truth that sticks. It is a truth that sticks for the evangelist John. His gospel is all about 
friendship and betrayal because it is really two stories. It is the story of Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, and the story of the men and women whom he befriends and who betray him. The narrative tension of John's Gospel comes when these two stories interact with each other. And the drama is this. God himself has come down from heaven in or, in assumed a human body in order to invite men and women into fellowship with him. Will the children of men accept the invitation to in, intimacy and communion or will they insist on going it their own way? I said that the narrative tension of the gospel comes from these two stories as they intersect with one another. Actually, that is a homiletic half-truth. Part of the drama is also whether men and women will recognize Jesus for who he really is, God in human flesh. Now, as John 6 comes to an end and the meaning of Jesus' words begins to hit home, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Many of Jesus' disciples say, this saying is hard, who can accept it? The problem here, I think, is that Jesus is all true human. He looks, acts, talks, and lives like an ordinary Galilean Jew, not the king, not the prophet, not the Messiah that everyone expected him to be. Today's passage is one of the important turning points in John's Gospel. It marks the moment when many of Jesus' followers part company with him, not because he says what he says, but because of who he is. The language of departure, going away, and walked with him no more that John uses in this particular passage is the exact opposite of the process of coming to friendship and belief. We should not be naive in thinking that this has all taken place in some distant past that does not touch upon our own experience in a galaxy long, long ago and far, far away. The drama of belief and unbelief Friendship and betrayal continue to play itself out. It has merely assumed a different form in the 21st century, a form that we are perhaps only too aware of in the headlines. What we have been listening to over the past five weeks is as much about the community that makes the Eucharist as it is about the Eucharist that makes the community. It is about the difficult task of learning to recognize the living Christ in the ordinariness, the humanness, and the brokenness of his body extended in time and space. For those who see the church as a school of perfection will undoubtedly part company. Those who think of the church as a hospital for the incurable and the weak will find themselves echoing Peter the betrayer, Lord, to whom shall we go?